Welcome to life, bringing you insight and experiences into love, relationships, and fertility with a focus on enjoying life and moving forward. On today's podcast, we'll be speaking with Chase Johnson about what it's like having been born through surrogacy. Welcome to life, love, insight, fertility, experiences. Today we'll be speaking with Chase Johnson, one of the children born through surrogacy who is happy to speak about his experiences and one of the older children available to speak. I'm sorry, I just called you a child, but you're not. You're an adult and you're an handsome guy who I'm staring at right now. And I'm so glad that you're here. And there is so much to talk about. I work with people who go through fertility journeys, which we've, I've shared with you. And they have so many questions once it comes to donor egg and surrogacy about what it's going to be like for their child. So thank you for being here. Where do we start? What it's like to be born through surrogacy? Is it really different than being born any other way? What does your mother tell you? When do you find out? Do children bully you? Do they pick on you? Are you involved in like all kinds of media stuff? Where do we begin? Um, we could b- begin with uh, like when I found out, I guess, you know. Great. Okay, because that's okay. always a question. When should somebody tell their child? Um, I was told, like, from the dawn of time, I mean, from the Love time that. I can remember, like, as a child until, I mean, now. Like, my mom still reminds me about it. Uh-huh. Um, I, I think that's probably the most important part of, like, the whole surrogacy picture. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> if I live my whole life and, you know, one day my mom just broke to me that, oh, actually, you know, you've gone through surrogacy and your whole life's been a lie. I think that would rattle me really, really hard compared to just being told my whole life that, oh, this is, I couldn't have you and this is the magical journey I went on to have you. Yeah, well, because I would think of all the deceit that would be going on and you'd wonder what else they were lying to you about or not telling you. You would think the sky was green and the grass was blue, you know. (laughs) Your whole life you told one thing and then it just switched up on you one day. So... What happens when you grow up and there's a surrogate involved? Do you, are you, is it somebody that you see or that yeah, you so, visit with? Uh, are there other children involved? I guess I guess I would kind of be determinant on, you know, you don't really get to decide that at the beginning because, I mean, your parent is the one who gets to decide that. But I my experience was my surrogate mom actually lived a few towns away from where my mom lived in my whole life. Um, I grew up, we would have dinner with her maybe once or twice a year, and she has her own kids, who are my half-brother and half-sister, um, and the relationship was always really good there, so I never looked at my surrogate mom as like my like my mom-mom, you know, because I was mm-hmm. raised by my real mom, but um, yeah, it was a good relationship. I, w- I would suggest it, because if you have any questions, it turns out, you know, any, any questions about health or heritage, because sometimes that's uh, you know a question you can have that answered and it was actually really cool because I got all the answers yes now you also have had your father I'm so sorry he passed away yes. who was biologically connected to you yes and would he go to dinner also yes I think when you refer to your half siblings Mm-hmm. People will say, well, what's that relationship like? Do they see each other all the time? Are they intimately involved with each other? I mean, I've I've hung out with them a few times. Um, I like, my half-sister I hung out with a, a few times, too. Um, it's not like an everyday thing. Right. I mean, we're friends on Instagram, Facebook. Sometimes we'll hit each other up, say, hey, how's it going, you know? But 
they have their own lives. You know, they grew up with their brother or sister, and I grew up with my sister. But, I mean, we're still technically related halfway, so it's not like, I'm like, oh, you're different, you know. Right. But I talk to them, just not not very often. I guess that's my um, my opinion on it, you know. Other people might be way closer with them, but I just never really. Or maybe have no relationship at all. Yeah. Is that I mean, possible? I, yeah, that's a possibility. So you have a sister. I do. And um, she's also born through surrogacy? She was. A different surrogate mother, but yeah, she was actually born. She's four years older, so um, she was, yeah, she was born through surrogacy as well. And did she go to these dinners also? Uh, not with my, I mean, when we were younger, she would go, when we'd go to my uh, surrogate mother. Her surrogate mother lived a little farther away, and uh -huh. so they'd talk and write every now and then, but um, they don't have the same relationship, so they don't talk really much at all because her surrogate mom actually had a few other children not through surrogacy but of her own and uh, they just don't really want a relationship with each other I guess that's kind of mutual not um, like oh one of them wants and the other one doesn't so the so beauty she, really of what you're saying is that you can have the relationship that works for the individual person and here's you and your sister and you both want different relationships and you're both able to have the relationships you want with exactly. those families yeah. Kind of nice, right? I mean, that's, it's cool. You know, the only thing I was bummed about is I didn't get, like, two Christmases because I had two moms. <laughs> Other than that, it was, yeah, it was great. Yeah. And when we were talking prior to this, you had said it's not like they're intimately involved with your life. You kind of see them once or twice a year like a distant cousin. That's yeah, what you described definitely. That's, that's, yeah, that's a good, that's a good like, representation of it. That's kind of your representation. I was just repeating what you had said before. Oh, so. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it was really your representation. So growing up, did you ever tell people that yeah, you... Yeah, all the time. Because, um, I mean, growing up's tough, man. So, you know, they... Um, people... I mean, I would tell people all the time. Um, but, yeah, it was never a, a negative thing. That's probably one of the questions I get asked the most is... Um, oh my gosh, my kid's going to get bullied because he's a surrogate child. Or like, What are they going to think? And I'll tell everyone out there that that is a made-up news question because <laughs> in your entire life, how many times has anyone asked you, how were you born? Right, or how what were you the conceived? Way you were born? <laughs> yeah, what, were you conceived the normal way or were you conceived this way? You know, that's never a, a thing. I mean, if anything, it was better for me because if someone was like, oh, jokingly or something, oh, like your parents didn't want you or whatever. Actually, I cost a lot of money, a lot of time, a lot of scientific effort. So I'm probably wanted here maybe more than you, you know. There was no, there was no uh, mistake knowing that I was not a mistake. Uh -huh. Well, there's something really nice about that. Would yeah, you say I mean, that's kind of like adoption? When somebody adopts a child, they really want that child. Is there any comparison yeah. there? I would say it's it's similar. Um, it's a little different, uh, but I it would say different. yeah, it's similar. Um, especially like your outlook on your like my mom. I appreciate my mom because my mom, you know, spent time, money, and science and effort to have me. So I was never like, oh, she doesn't want me, you know. Even when you were like a teenager and you were angry at her, you never felt that. Oh way. yeah, I mean, I was never like a oh you don't love me or whatever. Like ah, did dang, your sister? I know, I know you love me. You. <laughs> Did your sister ever behave that way? Because that's kind of oh, normal course. adolescent stuff. Like, I, I don't want to I wish you weren't my mother and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, 
Sounds I like was it. a handful. I was a I was a handful for sure. I just like doing whatever my mom told me not to do is right what I wanted to go do. Oh, okay. But I feel like that's every teenage boy. Right, right. But you know, but it sounds like you never felt like she didn't really want you. Oh yeah, no, never, never, yeah, never felt like that. Would, Did your sister ever feel that way? Like she wasn't wanted? <laughs> my sister was just a little different, you know. Uh-huh. Uh, she was. I mean, I guess a little bit more emotional. So I don't think she's ever like that. But my mom and her used to like butt heads really well, like mm-hmm. really, really hard. Yeah. But I think that's just like growing up, like as a as a young lady, and like our dad passed away, and she was really close to my dad. So that was where that came from. Right. I wouldn't say that's because you know of any surrogate related thing. That was never a. Right, this is just normal behavior. It's normal adolescent kind of teenage behavior that goes on. And this isn't because of a surrogate. Oh, yeah. We we were all terrible teenagers regardless of who we were born. Oh, your poor mother. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) The reason why I'm talking about this a little bit is because I think it's really important for people to realize that there's a natural progression that goes on with kids as they grow up. And there's a natural rebellion. And it doesn't necessarily have to do with how they're conceived. It has to yeah. do with just growing up and separating from your parents and kind of trying to test the waters and become independent. Oh, yeah, that's – oh, definitely. I mean, I – I mean, growing up, I just – my mom, would, I wouldn't have, I couldn't have a cell phone. And so <laughs> my sister got a cell phone. And the way for me to solve that was I would go ride bikes and stuff with my friends, and I'd just come home super late. And my mom would say, where were you? And I'd say, Mom, I didn't have a cell phone, you know? Until, oh my goodness. <laughs> until eventually, my mom just, my mom, you know, she's always one step ahead. She just said, all right, you have to find a phone and call me. I never got the cell phone, but, you know, she just set some rules. But it was never like a, like, oh, you're a surrogate, so you're going to go do this. It was just being a boy growing up, you know? So she sounds kind of impressive, your mom. She's also been a little bit um, outspoken in terms of surrogacy and some of the oh, legislation yeah. that's going on and some of the definitely different media opinion versus the knowledge that she wants to impart as to what surrogacy really is. Yeah. Because there's stigmas attached to being a surrogate. People are weird. Let me tell you. That's, I mean, there's just some things that, like, uh, like what are some stigmas you've heard? I mean, there's, like, oh, it's just, they're doing it for the money. That's the first one that comes to mind. And I'll just go off of what I know, you know, is I know how much surrogates kind of get paid in the area of that, you know, around there. Um, it's not that much. You know, well, considering um, what they're doing, yeah, you're having a child, so you're basically working 24 hours a day for nine months. If you equate how much they make, which is still taxable, all right, so we're going to take an extra 15% off what they do make um, for taxes, um, you're getting paid like minimum wage. Well, the piece that gets me um, thinking is there's a lot of misinformation and not a lot of education about what surrogacy is and what a surrogate actually has to do and the impact it has on their child and that they currently have because if you go through certain agencies, most of them, you are supposed to have already had your own family. Yes. So that they know that you... The one my mother works for is they have pretty strict uh, criteria for surrogates. You have to have your own family, you know, all that. Um, I guess... And the reason for that goes along with the psychological testing that, that surrogates have to go through before they yeah. become a surrogate versus somebody who may find somebody independently and on their own and maybe not go through the um, the criteria. Yeah, I mean, 
there's a criteria, like you said, for a reason, you know, it, it aids in the process, right? It's like driving a car. You probably could figure out how to drive a car if you just got behind a wheel and drove a car, but they make you go through training so that when you do drive a car, you understand what's going on, you know what's happening. I would say the same thing with surrogacy. You know, if you just have a child for someone else, kind of willy-nilly not going through someone that's reputable, then they're, you know, not, it couldn't be problems, but they're, you know, it'd be a lot more difficult than, say, how the Center for Surrogate Parenting does it, where, you know, there's like stipulations of how to be a surrogate, like what you need to have already done. That way it kind of eases the process. It does for both sides. And there's a comfort level there. And typically when you hear these people talk um, from the agencies that are surrogates, they will say that they didn't want to raise the child. They wanted to have the child for somebody who couldn't have the child. Yeah. So if we look at the flip side, right, if we hear, think of it, which I know you're familiar with, if we think about the legislation and places like New York State, where I am, where they won't pass the legislation just yet for surrogacy to take place, there's some people who are pretty outspoken. And yeah. any comments or thoughts about that? I just, I'm a man of a, you know, I like, I like the idea of a, kind of a free world, right? So if someone, <laughs> if your one goal is to, I want to have a child, you know, I want to have, you know, maybe my own genetic child, maybe not. But, and someone else says, hey, I've had children. I would love to give you the opportunity that I've had of being a mother or being a father, you know. I don't know why you'd ever want to stop that. I can understand wanting to stop, like, unregulated of some sort, but the idea of stopping that because of, like, your worldview or your, your religious view, I think is ridiculous. Really, what you're saying is when they kind of compare it to human trafficking or, or baby selling or things like that, you're saying that's ridiculous. ridiculous. It's two different issues entirely. It's completely different, you know. So why do you think people don't get that? I think I don't... I just think a lot of people are, I don't, I don't know how to say it, just not A, educated, B, morally, like, there, and three, there's also a lot of hyper-religious people that somehow don't like it because it, you know, doesn't go with the way that they think. Well, we, I spoke to someone saying we because Ben is here with all the podcasts that I do, so I refer to it as we, but we had somebody on not that long ago speaking about Judaism and just fertility in general. And I'm hoping to have somebody on from the church and somebody on from the Muslim community as well. And we were talking about the impact, depending on your religious belief, on any type of artificial or any type of um, reproductive technology that's required. Uh, I could go in on this one. I mean, there's a, there's a few. I think it's fascinating for people to hear what you have to say, Chase, yeah, honestly, okay. because you're the person who represents the struggle that all these moms have before they they decide how to conceive. And then yeah. they worry about, oh, my goodness, how's my child going to feel and how are they going to be accepted into the world? That's why I love your comment. Whoever goes up to you and says, how are you conceived? Yeah. Like, I love that. That could be a poster. For, for people that, like, I guess I was going to say the religious community in general who kind of oppose it, um, it seems like they're like, oh, well, what the, the religion we follow, the book that we read doesn't believe in, you know, artificial or, you know, assisted conception or whatever. Well, also, when this religion or those religions were created, um, you weren't allowed to drink 
like water it was poison you know like I mean the only like the the times are just different I mean like comparing that to that is like saying oh well I can't drive uh, a car because the, well the book says I gotta have a you know a horse and a carriage you know or you're like well, it's just evolute I mean it's just the the growth of society you know so it's it's different it's hard to compare those two and then if you're really worried about that like that part of your personality in life the religious side that well, that says you can't follow you know can't do this is really important to you then you know maybe it's not for you but I don't agree with you if you I think you know wanting to be a mom or a dad is stronger than like following what you follow like to a T you know because there's already things of probably of that religion that you love and enjoy that you don't follow exactly how they did you know thousands of years ago so why can't this be an exception? Yeah, or not even exception. The word evolution you use is like the perfect world. The world evolves, and we learn new things, and we see new things, and we've seen it just culturally with the gay community and the transition that's gone on there. My brother is gay, and he's somebody who's been gay for many, many years at this point. And when he first came out, nobody came out. And so yeah. now... For people to come out and say they're gay, it's still significant, but the world doesn't look at them as if they're a freak or if they should be teased or ridiculed or bullied. The world looks at them very differently. When we look at, um, at reproductive technology, we've seen so many changes, and the world is just starting to catch up now, and I think because the public eye looks at it differently. People in the public eye are starting to talk about it. People like you are talking about it. We're saying, wow. They're like, great, they're normal, they're centered, they're happy, they're, it's great to have them in the world. Yeah, and, we're not some weird laboratory baby, you know? Like, right, and what went on, people. exactly, and what went on with, with adoption even, people would whisper, oh, they're adopted, and did it matter? Were these children any different because they were adopted? No, of I course mean, not. Yeah, and like with people, if they say, oh, well, they're born through surrogacy, or they're, they're adopted, you know, that child was wanted probably more than that person's own child you know that they could just willy-nilly they just jump in the sack and you know nine months later a kid comes out you know they had <laughs> that's one way to put it i think you know? for a lot of people like fingers are crossed that that's what will happen <laughs> yeah but there's also like people that go through adoption or surrogacy you know they want they're willing to do anything that be a mom or a dad you know like right. they the want, desire they is there and also and, donor egg yeah and donor egg um, there's just a lot of things that go into it. And so, as I've personally, I, I would say how I've witnessed, there's a lot of those parents that, compared to some of my friends' parents or whatever that just had a child normally, that the surrogate parents or the adoptive parents or the donor egg parents, they're, they're almost better parents, man, because they, want, they wanted it so bad that they're not going to screw it up, you know? Well, what a wonderful way to look at it and to say it. And I do agree that there's been so much effort put into a child born through surrogacy and donor egg and any type of IVF treatment. I don't want to say the parents who did not have to do this don't love their children as much, <laughs> but the effort really didn't have to go into it and the conscious desire and struggle that goes along with it. The other piece that you said that I know we don't have too much time left that I thought was worth repeating if this is okay with you is that you and your sister both have very different relationships with 
kind of the surrogate that was used. Yeah. And it shows people that there is no one way to do anything. And here, under the same roof, with the same parents, you were both allowed to kind of follow your own path to how you wanted yeah. to have these relationships develop. Definitely. I think that's yeah. such a great yeah. way. Your mom and your dad, I give such credit to. And, yeah. Um, <laughs> and my, my mom's a handful, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> the best way. Well, that's nice. Did she ever do anything special related to this that you're saying that? Do it to surrogacy in general? Just anything in general that you're oh. saying that? She has worked for the Center for Surrogate Parenting for like 20 plus years. Since oh, really? I didn't yes. know that. Yeah, so she's actually the program coordinator there. So, yeah, that's where I was, I was born through the Center for Surrogate Parenting as well. But the... Karen we uh, had on. Karen oh, was Karen's fabulous. Amazing. Yeah, she's she was great. The genius. Mm-hmm. She's also a handful. I love her to death. <laughs> but, but I don't know. My mom is just a very, next time we talk to Karen, ask about my mother. My mother is just a, a very lively woman. Uh-huh. I mean, you know, she's devoted her whole life as well as Karen has to, you know, surrogacy. Because it, you know, helped my mom have children. So she's forever in debt. So she, all about it. Quite a path she's taken. Yeah. Because she really wants to get involved and help others and advocate and make sure that they could have the families they want. Yes, and I mean, she succeeds. Yeah, that's great. Well, she's raised quite a son. You're really great, and I appreciate you coming on so much, and I think the information that you've shared is going to make so many intended parents through surrogacy and donor egg feel so comfortable with how their children are going to be able to perceive the world. Well, you know, I, I'm excited. I hope that is the case, you know. Uh, to anyone out there having a child in, you know, surrogacy, egg donation, whatever, um, they're going to turn out great, all right? <laughs> <laughs> That's wonderful, and it's wonderful to know that you don't feel that you have been bullied or picked on or treated any different than anybody else, and that you just feel like this extra sense of love and being wanted. Yeah. And I what mean, could be more, what could anybody want more than that? Yeah, that's it. I mean, I would, I was going to revert back to the beginning of saying, you know, I would, Come up with a way to tell them their whole life. Don't keep it till the end. That's the biggest thing. That's the most important thing, I think, is to let them know where they came from. My mom made up like a story at the beginning, you know, uh -huh. to kind of explain it in like a childlike way. And as I got older, you know, I, I learned all about it. But just tell them. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Chase. This is great. Really, I can't thank you enough for your time and for getting up early on the other coast to be here. If anyone has any questions or comments, Chase, can they reach out to contact you in any specific way? Oh, yeah. They can reach out to me uh, via email. Um, that's the easiest, the fastest way to get back to you know them. Um, it's just my name, Chase, C-H-A-S-E, the letter J, 805, at yahoo.com. Fabulous. And if anybody has any questions or comments for me, please reach out to me at lorimetz.net.